to invite everybody to grab your chair and move forward like 10 feet or so.
I would, I would like to request that of everyone. Yeah, and the, a big reason is because is for the Bluetooth speaker, it actually helps with, um, or the Bluetooth receiver, it helps with the reception. And I'd like to be close to you guys. That's my, that's the internal reason. There's the Bahirunga, and what's the other one? Antarunga. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam. Canto 4, chapter 4, verse 20. I really like this uh, projector. That's awesome. Yeah, Thank you, Devinanda. So, uh, word for word. Karma, activities. Pravritam, attached to material enjoyment. Cha, and. Nivritim, Materially detached. Materially detached. Api, Api, certainly. certainly. Ritam, true. true. Vide, in the Vedas. Vivicha, distinguished. Ubhaya lingam, symptoms of both. Ashritam, directed. Virodhi, Contradictory. Contradictory. Tat, that. Yaugapada eka katari. Excuse me. Yeah. Yaugapada eka katari. Both activities in one person. Dvayam, two. Tata, so. Brahmani, in one who is transcendentally situated. Karma. Activities. Narichati are neglected. Uh, Sanskrit. Karma pravritim chanavritim apyatritam. Vede vivi chobhayalingam ashritam. Dvayam tata brahmani karma narchati. Karma pravritam chanivritam apritam. Vede vivicho bhyaya lingam ashritam. Virodhidhadyao gapadaika katari. Dvayam tata brahmani karma narchati. Please chant. Karma pravritam chanivritam apritam. 
Vede vivicho bhaya lingam ashritam. Virodhi tadyao gapadaika katari. Vayam tata brahmani karmanarchati. Karma pravritam janivritam apritam. Karma pravritam janivritam apritam. Vede vivicho bhaya lingam ashritam. Viruditadyao gapadayaka katari. Dvayam tata brahmani karman archati. Anyone else? Okay, translation. In the Vedas, there are directions for two kinds of activities. Activities for those who are attached to material enjoyment and activities for those who are materially detached. In consideration of these two kinds of activities, there are two kinds of people who have different symptoms. If one wants to see two kinds of activities in one person, that is contradictory. But both kinds of activities may be neglected by a person who is transcendentally situated. Purport. The Vedic activities are so designed that the conditioned soul who has come to enjoy the material world may do so under direction so that at the end he becomes detached from such material enjoyment and is eligible to enter into the transcendental position. The four different social orders, brahmacharya, grihastha, vanaprastha, sannyas, gradually train a person to come to the platform of transcendental life. The activities and dress of a grihastha or householder are different from those of a sannyasi, one who is in the renounced order of life. It is impossible for one person to adopt both orders. A sannyasi cannot act like a householder, nor can a householder act like a sannyasi. But above these two kinds of persons, one who engages in material activities and one who has renounced material activities, there is the person who is transcendental to both. Lord Shiva is in the transcendental position because as stated before, he is always absorbed in the thought of Lord Vasudeva within himself. Therefore, neither the activities of the grihastha nor those of the sannyasi in the renounced order can be applicable for him. He is in the Paramahamsa stage, the highest perfectional stage of life, the transcendental position of Lord Shiva. Oh, excuse me. The transcendental position of Lord Shiva is also explained in Bhagavad Gita 252 and 53. It is stated there that when one fully engages in the transcendental service of the Lord by performing activities without fruit of results, one is elevated to the transcendental position. At that time, he has no obligation to follow the Vedic injunctions or the different rules and regulations of the Vedas. When one is above the directions of the Vedic ritualistic injunctions for attaining different allurements and is fully absorbed in transcendental thought, which means thought of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in devotional service, one is in the position called Buddha Yoga or Samadhi, ecstasy. 
For a person who has attained this stage, neither the Vedic activities for realizing material enjoyment nor those for renunciation are applicable. Translation repeated, you can repeat after me if you like. In the Vedas, there are directions for two kinds of activities. Activities for those who are attached to material enjoyment. And activities for those who are materially detached. In consideration of these two kinds of activities, there are two kinds of people who have different symptoms. If one wants to see two kinds of activities in one person, that is contradictory. But both kinds of activities may be neglected by a person who is transcendentally situated. Om Agyanatmandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Militamina Tasmai Shri Gurve Namaha Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pangam Langayate Giri Yad Kripatamahang Vande Shri Gurum Dinatarinam Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunityananda Shri Dvaita Garada Shiva Sadi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare I offer my respectful obeisances to all the devotees gathered here and online and everywhere in the world. And I please beg that uh, by your kind glances upon me, you can wish me well and pray that I can say something Krishna conscious and that I can become Krishna conscious. Because that's, that's a, a big reason why we have the opportunity to give Bhagavatam class also and to read Bhagavatam is because it purifies us. And so I'm grateful for this opportunity to be uh, purified in my attempt to glorify the Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, the Vedas have a program. The Vedas have a program to uplift the living entities in this material world. That's why they exist. They exist in order to give people an opportunity, no matter what their disposition is in the material world, but to somehow engage in practices to somehow engage in, in to have contact with uh, persons, practices, and things and places that will uplift them, right? So there's so many various types of Vedic practices from the regulations of uh, Panchopashana where, where karma yogis will worship the five different demigods or different types of sacrifices where people will worship the demigods and uh, worship, you know, different... Krishna says in, throughout Bhagavad Gita, he says, you know, those that worship ghosts and spirits, they, you know, they go where ghosts and spirits are, and those who worship the demigods go to the demigods, those who worship me come to me. Right? So I've heard it explained that, that one basic principle of demigod worship and why demigod worship is so prominent, at least in, in many of the Vedic texts, is because it, it's training the mind. All of these Vedic principles are training, giving, giving the next step for the living entity. Who The living entity, we can see from Prabhupada's Pranam Mantra, our, our root cause of, of being in the material world is that we became impersonal. We decided not to recognize a supreme person, and I wanted to recognize myself as a supreme person, as a center. In other words, I wanted to imitate Krishna. This is essentially what you know, Mayavad philosophy is, 
at its extreme. It's ultimately, we just want to be God because we're envious of God. And so the Vedas, knowing that disease, Krishna, knowing that disease, speaks to the Vedas, sends the Vedas, so that living entities can gradually be uh, freed from that disease of envy. Right? And that we can, again, recognize that I'm not the only person in, in existence, nor am, I, nor am I even like the most important person in existence, uh, what to speak of being the center of all existence, but that there are devas that are providing for me, that there are other living beings, right? We, there's that Vedic injunction that says, when one is born, immediately one goes into debt. One's into debt to the forefathers, one's in debt to the Vedas, one's in debt to the sages, one's in debt to, in debt to the devas, right? So it's to remind us that there's a debt. It's, it's, not, it's not that existence is free. It's not that I am the supreme controller or the creator. So this is like, this is the Vedic program. And I was, it was interesting, Prabhupada on the, lec, on the altar this morning, he was talking about um, essentially very much similar to this verse, that these two kinds of activities, and I couldn't understand what he was saying, but it sounded like he kept saying, uh, you need to doctor yourself. What? He was saying something like, doctor yourself with Krishna's name. or He was saying something, and anyway, I heard it as doctor, and it works, because it is our disease, and it's, and it's explained, this word pravritti, this pravrittim, this pravritti marg, this, this path of enjoyment, or the path of kind of taking. And, and in some places, Prabhupada defines it, or translates it as, um, doing whatever one wants to do, kind of willy-nilly, right? And then evrittim is the path of renunciation, and it's also explained it's a path of, of regulation, or the path of, like, rules and, and, and following the advice of Scripture. And uh, so this pravrittim, it's this disease. And so it's funny, I kept hearing Prabhupada kind of say this. It sounded like you have to doctor your soul, or I was free. I couldn't, did you understand what he was saying? Yeah, I kept hearing doctor, and I was like, that's perfect, even if I was mishearing. Um, but I wanted to ask a question just to kind of get started, because I've, I've noticed this, and I'm, I was just reflecting as I read this uh, last night and this morning, that sometimes Prabhupada will make these like, like strong dichotomies. Like, there are two types of persons, and the, the, the verse is saying this too. There are two kinds of activities. Activities for those who are attached to material enjoyment and activities for those who are materially detached. Right? So there's two types of persons. And Prabhupada's saying, uh, you know, Prabhupada will make dichotomies also and, and Krishna makes dichotomies. There's demons and there's, you know, there's the asuras and there's the devas. Right? So what, what is, I'd like to hear from the devotees, like, what, what is your understanding? Why, why does the Shastra give these kind of uh, stark dichotomies? And, and is, it, is it that there are only two categories? Is it that there are only demons and there are only devotees? I'd, I'd like to hear kind of your opinion and, and your understanding. Yeah, Sri Radha Devi and then Vinod is next. thinking to an aspect of having both inside of me 
mm. is just like percentages mm. and then like how that raises like theory it says like be the good dog or the bad dog mm. like having both inside of me because like reading stories about the like different demons or different like demonic kings it's like oh i totally have still have that anarcher in me mm. so i'm thinking of those dichotomies as both of them within me is just like a certain percentage of which one i'm trying to go towards mm. nice yeah there's a seeing seeing the percentage of these two categories oh and then i have a node so you can keep it around we'll, we'll, we'll popcorn fire it i was thinking you're gonna specifically turn the camera itself too dichotomies like two because it's the material world so the material world is full of duality mm, that's what brenda just said too in the comments, I'm saying. Oh, okay. But yeah, go on. Sorry. Yeah, that's basically it. Uh, the material world's full of full of duality. <clears throat> yeah, so we have to make distinctions mm. about good and bad. Like it's natural, and even Krishna does it because he's helping us to see the material world how it is. Mm. Maybe. Okay. Kishpabu. I had one was to show the potency of uh, Shura Bhakti. Mm. So we see how Dhruva Maha, even if not so much a demon, but let's say one may be a Sakama Bhakta in the beginning, and then to show the potency of how one can transform, develop Shura Bhakti to Nishkam Bhakta. And also the dichotomy of like Vrchasura and Indra. Indra mm. in that particular pastime was. Uh, being presented as a Sakama Bhakta in Vrchasura's mm. Nishkam Bhakta, even though he was a demon. And also in the Chaitanya Bhagavat, how Lord, Ch how, um, Lord Chaitanya will arrange for his devotees to be born in different parts of the world, mm. seemingly in quote unquote you know, unclean demoniac families, but to show that, you know, Kiva Noi, that, you know, whatever situation one is in, it may seem to be a dichotomy from the stereotype of born in a Brahmin family or in a particular environment. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, just a few of these things came to my mind. The, um, and, and also the, the importance, especially in Krishna's Leela, the demons, there's the chivalry, the excitement of observing Krishna's chivalry, mm. and also that they help us see what, similar, kind of piggybacking what Sri Radha was talking about, um, what we need to how to see the anarthas in ourselves, mm. right? So Krishna arranges, it's both for his chivalrous enjoyment, that chivalrous ras, and then for us to also know uh, how to understand what anarthas are there. And so yeah, just these situations are there, yeah. ultimately for you know, our, our development. My friend Deva Madhava Prabhu, he says, uh, con uh, contrast is the guru of Kali Yuga. Contrast is the guru of Kali Yuga. So the way in that Shastra will give these contrasts, these great contrasts, and how um, that gives us such a such a deep insight to our own anartas, to our own situation, to things like that. Jagannanda Prabhu, and then Sarvatma, and Jason, you can actually just turn the camera. You don't have to move the whole stand.
repeat the question? Yeah, the question is, what, what is, when you hear Prabhupada and the Shastra make these stark dichotomies of like, it's either this or that, it's either you're a demon or you're a saint, or it's either Navriti Marg or Pravriti Marg, what, what is, like, what is your understanding of that? And why, why, why does the Shastra, why does Srila, why does Srila Prabhupada make such kind of stark dichotomies? Seems like uh, what comes to mind is that uh, not only uh, is there stark economies on that level, but so many other examples and levels is there starkness, but at the same time there's different. It's like falls under the category of like a chintya beta beta tatva. You know, you put the mic. There. There are different. Hmm. Uh, I mean, so there's starkness and there's like difference at the same time. You know, when you mention the devotees and demons. Uh, it seems also that uh, it's also mixed in Kali Yuga. Everything is mixed. You know, mm. Sudras are becoming Brahmins. Brahmins are becoming Sudras. You know, it's the it's there's starkness, but there's an opposite flip side where it's not like that. It's mixed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's what comes. To Sorry about my bubble. Is there? Oh, thank you. First, I want to go back to, uh, to the word doctor. To doctor is to adulterate, to falsify with the, pers uh, with the purpose of deceiving. Uh -huh. And it's not to, to heal, to cure. There is, there is an exception when you say uh, we should doctor this play. It uh -huh. means to improve it. But actually, doctor has usually a pejorative connotation. So I think he was, because I heard, the other thing that made me think he was saying doctor, because he was, he gave an example of a doctor giving a prescription. I think we, uh, because, because of the fact that we are marginal in energy, mm. there will always be a dichotomy for, mm. uh, for us, because there's always a choice, a, a good choice and a bad choice, is mm. our, our own nature. Small and, and I'm, I'm curious about that, and I want to hear from Shaman Pras. I'm curious about that because, like some of the examples that, that Tush Prabhu brought up, you know, the, the good choice and the bad choice, it's not always so clear. Like there's a material good choice, there's a material bad choice, and there's a spiritual good choice and a spiritual bad choice, and sometimes those can seem contradictory. So it's interesting. Shaman Pras Prabhu. So... If I'm understanding correctly, the question was like, wh what do we think, or what's our response to um, when we hear about these these kind of dichotomies in different categories of Prabhupada? Mm -hmm. So, uh, today's verse in purport, Perfect Mark, Navriti Mark. One thing is that it's, uh, I, I think about how there's gradations between them, mm -hmm. you know, like the Varnashram system. You get trained technically in Navriti Mark pretty early as a brahmachari and then you usually enter uh, privity mark you, you know family life economic development and and then there's this gradual actually like the seventh canto which is just a summary of a summary talks about how there's four different stages within each of these four stages so like mm -hmm. even like a sannyasi the first level of a sannyasi they're still living like in a cottage not mm -hmm. far from their wife and actually they receive food through like a window <laughs> mm -hmm. you know and then at the highest level, sannyasi is completely uh, 
beyond actually Parivrajika Acharya, they're like the par total, total Avadhuta. Mm. And so there's these different ranges in between. So that's one thing I think of. And another thing is that I think about how these categories are there and, and the simplification that mm. exists in, in, just, in just in putting things into two categories, for example, is there because people need clarity. Mm. Um, it's important to understand where we are generally mm. and then where we're going. Because in the, in the usual sense of things, people are very materially attached by default and they have to become materially unattached. Of course, what we really wanted to do is become attached to Krishna. But mm. in, the, in the traditional model of, of society, that was um, kind of a follow-up to become materially unattached. So you have this path of renunciation. So that, that kind of is there. And we can see that in a society. When you're growing up, you see that. It's very clear. So you know where you're going. And mm. you know where you are generally. But then you have to seek further guidance as to your specific position within mm. that. So I, I think it makes it takes the burden off of people mentally. People are actually rather simple. Mm. They don't necessarily want or need philosophical, large philosophical explanations right away. Like our movement is based on chanting Hare Krishna and teaching it to others, which is really simple. But then if you actually want to look at that closely, it expands at infinity in terms mm. of its complicated you know, capacity. So that's kind of how I look at it. It is a simplification, but it's kind of a necessary one, I think, for most people. Mm. Yeah, um, Champak and then One thing that comes to mind in the dichotomy, the example of uh, demon and demigod, is that it really helps us see things as they are because there's pious and impious demigods and there's pious and impious demons. And like Shirada was saying in Kali Yuga, they both exist in the body of mm. one person. But before Kali Yuga, um, you know, someone was either a demigod or a demon. Mm. And so if someone could be doing pious material things, but if they're not doing it for the pleasure of Krishna and surrendering to Krishna, then it's actually demoniac mm. because they're doing it out of their own false ego. Mm. Even if they're doing a pious material action, mm. they could also be doing an impious material action. And then if someone is even if there is some material fault, if someone is sincerely doing it for the pleasure of Krishna, surrendering to Krishna, that's, that's a demigod, that's mm. divine. So it helps, it helps seize things, you see things, you know, materially, because the world is so confusing, the material nature is so confusing, it can be very bewildering, and of course spiritual life isn't black and white either, but in one sense, it is black and white, mm. <laughs> and the simplicity of it, um, and the simplicity of the intention. Yeah, yeah, the simplicity of one's oriented intention in, in performing any activity. Like, where, what is, where is one actually looking? Yeah. Just like we were talking about the other day about like the shadow and the non-shadow. Yeah. Um, like Durga, right? The material energy, same person, yeah. but according to our intention how the, she differently before us. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Krishna Sharan Prabhu, did you have a point? She just made it? Okay. We, we just need you to come closer because the Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, um, that's, you know, 
for his satisfaction of Krishna, or I attend to satisfaction of my senses. Yeah. A little clarification as Champaka Mataji said, pious and impious demigod. I, I don't get that concept very well. First of all, uh, there is no piety in the higher planetary systems. There is no karma. Mm. So people go there because of piety, but they don't accrue any piety or impiety. Mm. So I, I want, want a better definition. I don't understand what uh, an impiety God would be like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it, I'm, demigod isn't necessarily meaning heavenly planets. You can, Prabhupada's definition of demigod is devotee of Krishna. And Bhiman is a non-devotee of Krishna. So there could be demigods even on this planet. And so, um, so like the point was that pious and impious, there can be there can be pious and impious demons. Did I say pious and impious demigods? Sorry. That's the point that you're clarifying. Yeah. I meant to say pious and impious demons. Because you can be doing an act of piety, but if you're not doing it for Krishna. Thank you for clarifying. Okay. And then uh, we'll do Vinod Jagannan, and then we have some comments online too. We'll read. <coughs> There's a lot to talk about in this for only one question here. Um, I was thinking a couple things. One is, in my experience of reading Prabhupada's books and being like, like wanting to get guidance from them, mm. then it's very nice when there are clear, stark, you mm. know, this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong sort of thing. Because then it's like, okay, like it's, it's very clear for the mind of someone who's wanting to actually take the guidance. Mm. And in general society, it's not very popular, you know. This is bad mm. religious teacher. It's not very, uh, you know, welcomed. Yeah, it's not very trendy. I know. Thank you. <laughs> it's better to have a religious teacher who says, oh, like however you want it to be, yeah. and just kind of feel good about it. Um, but it's so natural, like even just like road rules, mm. you know. Like easier to go on the road when you know, like, okay, this is the right side to drive. You can't drive over there because this is just how it works. This is where you go. So it's it's like that. Like you have the necessity for that. Mm. Uh, I would say. 
Yeah, like clear, like <clears throat> clear boundaries from the get-go. So then, because I, I feel like it was a couple weeks ago, someone's giving class, and, and the tendency is, you know, the tendency is that we're going to gray things as human beings. And, you know, like, showing presence, there's, you know, gradation within ourself. There's a gradation within ourself as well. There's percentage. Shirada was talking about, like, percentages, right? Um, so the tendency is naturally going to be to gray things, to kind of, like, bend a little bit. So if, if the, at the beginning, it starts with kind of this gray, it's going to get messy. Whereas if it's really stark, like, you're either pravritti marg or nivritti marg. You're either, like, doing material activities or you're doing spiritual activities. Then it becomes a lot clearer and safer to then navigate, like the road rules. It's like, you can drive whatever side of the road you want on, because that's kind of, you know, how it's going to work anyway. Then it's really going to get... In- yeah, driving. Uh, then, uh, Rogmarg, yeah. <laughs> Rogmarg road rules. Jagannanda Prabhu. I wanted to ask you a question on something you said at the beginning of the class. But yeah, I wanted to ask you about something you explained in the beginning of the class. Um, it's, you can ask, and then if it's, if it goes too far off, then we can, we can come back to it. Okay, I wanted to ask you what you said about us, uh, and us turning away from Krishna, mm. and coming to the material world. Can you repeat what you said? Well, I was saying that, that, and, and this is, you know, it's, it's related to this dichotomy. It's related, you know, what, what are we really trying to do here? We're trying to become, we're envious of Krishna's position for one reason or another. And the evidence of that is my continued attempt to try and be the center of enjoyment, the center of attention, this, you know, not even like, you know, if someone's like, I'm an introvert, I'm not trying to be the center of attention. But if we're trying to gratify our senses without, without, um, really, if we're just trying to gratify our own senses, that's, that's me trying to be Krishna because Krishna is, is, He's the, you know, our, our, our function is to satisfy Krishna's senses. So for some reason or another, I've become envious of Krishna, therefore I'm trying to become Krishna. I want to be the, I want to be the controller. And so the Veda, so the, this, is, this is what the material world facilitates. It facilitates that illusion. It facilitates that denial of Krishna's supreme personal status and kind of uh, supremacy as a supreme controller. Um, so, so this dichotomy, I want to read um, some of the, could you, Jason, could you read some of the comments on the, uh, on the Facebook? Oh, here, let me, I'll, I'll read some of them then. Let's see. Okay, so. Vrinda Sundar said, material realm means duality or dichotomy. And she also says, Krishna is the best harmonizer, so he harmonizes all the dualities, dichotomies, and polarities. And then she said, like Vinod said, we've entered this realm and the dualities nudge us back to the spiritual consciousness where we no longer feel rugged, rugged, rugged around by duality, dragged around maybe. 
Uh, and, and Sati's also saying, she's saying, if you're looking for both of these qualities in one person, it's, it's, it's contradictory. It's either one person is, is one or the other. Yet, there's a third category that one can actually be beyond both of these. Right? So she's referring to Lord Shiva. That you're, you're looking at Lord Shiva and you're considering that he, you know, because he's not following the Vedic regulative principles, he's, you know, he, he, he doesn't appear to have showered, he appears to have ashes all over his body, he, he's not, you know, kind of contained within these Navritti Marg rules and Vaiti practices that the Vedas set forth. Right? So then you're considering him to be materialistic. And at the same time, you also recognize that he's renounced, he doesn't have a house, he, you know, he's, he, he lives outside under a tree, he's doing all these things that are also renounced. So she's saying you're foolish because you're, you're trying to see both of these things in one person, and it's actually just being contradictory. Whereas the reality of the situation is not, you're not actually recognizing his exalted status above that. Right? So Prabhupada in the purport quotes, and we'll get back to uh, these comments as well. Prabhupada in the purport, he quotes this Bhagavad Gita 252. And it's a verse that I've always found very interesting. It's a verse that says, when one becomes fully transcendental, right, they're not gonna be they're not gonna be surprised by anything that they hear. Like anything they hear now or anything that they hear in the future, they're not gonna be disturbed by it. They're they're fixed in transcendence. They're not, you know, they're not um, Surprise! I think the language that's used is like they're not surprised. What's the verse? It's two fifty-two, two fifty-three. Let me pull it up. But in the purport, uh, Prabhupada quotes Madhavacharya. Or yes, I think it's Madhavacharya, Madhavendrapuri. Excuse me. And in the purport, so the, the verse is, when your intelligence has passed out of the dense forest of delusion, you shall become indifferent to all that has been heard and all that is to be heard. You know, so my consciousness within the dense forest of illusion, I hear that there's a new Apple Watch coming out. I'm like, ooh. Or that so-and-so got a Tesla. Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm disturbed materially because there's some kind of investment that I have. Because my mind is is within this dense darkness of illusion, this dense forest of illusion, right? Whereas when one's mind is out of that, they're not disturbed by the things that come in and, and go out, right? In a few verses after this verse, in the second chapter, Prabhupada, uh, uh, Krishna says, one's mind becomes like the ocean. Whereas there's so many rivers, so much stimuli going into the ocean, but the ocean's not disturbed like a small pond, right? Because there's depth and there's there's... There's absorption in that. So he quotes Madhavendrapuri. Madhavendrapuri is saying, you know, I'm sorry, prayers three times a day. My dear Gayatri, please accept my, my apologies. Oh, and, and my, my, my daily bath, my morning bath, I apologize. But all of you are no interest to me because actually... I'm, I'm constantly tasting the, the, the nectar of the lotus feet of Krishna, and therefore, uh, you're not as important. What does he say? He says, Oh, my prayers, three times a day, all glory to you. Oh, bathing, I offer my obeisances to you. Oh, demigods, oh, forefathers, please excuse me for my inability to offer you my respects. 
Now, wherever I sit, I can remember the great descendant of the Yadu dynasty, Krishna, the enemy of Kamsa, and thereby I can free myself from all sinful bondage. I think this is sufficient for me. Right. So, Prabhupada's saying like this, that, that there, there appears to be a, a third category. So, beyond pravritti and nivritti, there's, there's one who is engaging in devotional service. And also, yet sometimes, this nivritti mark is synonymous, is used synonymously with the path of devotional service, this path of liberation, right? So I was thinking, you know, if I forget to chant my Gayatri, it's not because, you know, uh, I'm just remembering the Yadu dynasty, the, the, the great descendant of the Yadu dynasty and the enemy of Kamsa. If I forget to do my Gayatri, it's because I'm a nonsense. It's because I'm distracted. It's because I'm... I'm, I'm doing other things, right? So there is an importance for, you know, we're on the Vaidhi Bhakti, the, the, the rules of, uh, the, the path, rather, of rules and regulation, right? But in this, in this purport also, 252, Prabhupada says at the very end, he says, persons in Krishna consciousness transcend the limit of Shabda Brahma transcend the limit of Shabda Brahma, or the range of the Vedas and the Upanishads. Which I thought was such an interesting statement. I'll share some thoughts on that, and, and I'll share one more verse, and then we'll open it up again, just for any kind of reflections on that statement. Like, what does it mean to transcend the, the limitations of Shabda Brahma? Right? Krishna says in the 11th canto, he says, one who has fixed me within his mind as the goal of life should give up activities based on sense gratification and should instead execute work governed by the regular principles for advancement. When, however, one is fully engaged in searching out the ultimate truth of the soul, one should not accept the scriptural injunctions governing fruitive activities. Right? So it's kind of like what we were talking about, the the orientation of our intention. Right? What, is, what is the goal that we're oriented towards? And <clears throat> the, in, this say, in this case, Nivriti is being described as the, it's, it's not so much describing, you know, in the verse for Bhagavatam today, it's kind of describing, you know, that, that when one adopts the practice of devotional service, one goes even beyond Nivriti Marg, and at the same time, this Navriti Marg is being described as principles for advancement, regulative principles for advancement. Right, so I think, I, I, I feel and what I'm kind of gathering as a, as a summary so far is that we've talked about this idea of this, this kind of stark dichotomy being is where is one, what's, what's one's ideal and where is one fixed? If one is fixed in this, in this their, their goal in this material world is to enjoy, and in other places, like I said, it means to just kind of do whatever you want, right, this pravritti mark, then one is in this category, one is actually uh, devolving in this material world. Whereas, whereas one is either situated in this, in this Krishna is the goal of my life, and I'm going to strive after serving him, and so I'm not, I'm not engaging in activities that are just gratifying the senses, but I'm engaging in activities that are purifying the senses, right? 
and I'm engaging in those regulative practices that help me advance towards the ultimate goal, which, which are these two guardrails to kind of give us insight as to where am I drifting, right? You have lines on the road, so you can see like, oh, I'm drifting kind of to the median, right? Then you have on the very side of the road that grade, right? So you know I'm drifting a little bit too far. Whereas, and now in like newer cars, if you, if you go even over the line, beep, 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 it'll like beep at you, tell you like you're drifting. So that's these, that's these like stark dichotomies. It's to give us that, that understanding. Obviously, when we're driving, we're not gonna be straight in the middle of the, of the road the entire time. And we may have to switch lanes, right? In other words, like, you know, switch ashrams. Or we may have to, you know, kind of engage in a different service. Right? And at the same time, there's still those stark distinctions to say like, hey, you're drifting a little bit this way, you're drifting a little bit that way. And it's like, if there is need to switch lanes, so it's like, okay, then, then, then there's still regulations on how to switch lanes. How to kind of go from one lane in the center of one lane into the center of another lane. Right? Huh? Yeah, and sharks don't merge. Oh, merge onto the highway. Yeah, sometimes you got to merge onto the highway too. We could take this in a lot of different directions. Um, I want to. Uh, we'll read the last because we we were reading, but then uh, the internet broke up. So Abraham Stokes says, "I'm thinking of a mixed versus pure devotees. I see the dualities as two ends of a spectrum, where we are in the mode of a demon or a devotee. Mixed devotees are trying to get closer." to the devotee side and away from the demon or material side. And then Barbara Dhyani says, maybe the dichotomy is to emphasize that there is no mixed devotional service. True devotional service is absolute without motive. It's a nice point. And then Sharon Stratton says, Hare Krishna. So I wanna, I wanna open it up for everybody. Um, what is it? Any reflections that we have on what's been said, or as that statement was saying that, that the devotee, uh, a person in Krishna consciousness transcends the limit of Shabda Brahman. Not all at once. Yes, Mother Margaret. But we need you to come closer because the the Bluetooth speaker. Hare Krishna. Thank you Hare for the Krishna. class, Prabhu. Um, I, and my reflection is, is personal, um, and that, you know, as I start to begin to go outside of the temple, the association of devotees, you know, I'm constantly thinking about how is it best I can engage in what Krishna's intention of my service should be. So even in like choosing a place to live, um, I've been coming up against all these sort of blocks, roadblocks, mm. in terms of renting, finding the right place, you know, the area, being closer to my family. And then suddenly something came up where it's in the country and it's possibly like a caretaker position for uh, property that's kind of in the woods, you know? Mm. So I, I I feel like that's more of what um, would be sort of livable, feasible in the sense of, you know, carrying on in 
um, in my service. Mm. Because I think that when you're, when you have to, you know, you go out there, back out into the world, you have so many more gray areas mm. that can distract you. And so somehow I feel like maybe Krishna's provi hopefully providing this for me. So there's less distractions, mm. less gray areas in our life that we can, you know, be more spiritual, do more reading, be more present. Yeah, to keep clarity, to keep clarity. clear those distinctions. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, Tish Prabhu. That's in the Gita verse, yeah. He says, <clears throat> If one can reach the platform of understanding by service to the Supreme Lord Krishna, he is no longer to execute different types of penances and sacrifices as recommended in the revealed scriptures. And similarly, if one has not understood that purpose of the Vedas uh, is to reach Krishna and simply engages in the rituals, etc., then he is uselessly wasting time in such engagements. Persons in Krishna consciousness transcend the limit of Shabda Brahman or the range of the Vedas and Upanishads. Yeah, so I was thinking how the six Goswamis, they were on the platform of Raghmarg. They, perfect, they perfected devotional service, Namachaya, Gatichara, Vaidhi Bhakti. And Prabhupada would say, first perfect Vaidhi Bhakti, then discuss and consider Raghmarg. And um, so it, their following of their vows described to be like etching grooves in a stone. Mm. I believe Raghunathas Goswami, you know, what time they would rise, how many rounds they chanted, how many times they circumambulated Govardhan Hill, how many obeisances they offered. Uh, they were very regulated mm. in that sense. But that regulation is different than the Vedic rituals. Mm. That th th Those principles are based on, on, uh, on bhakti. And even at the Rag Raganuga stage, they're still doing those activities. Mm. So I thought, uh, like Bala Prabhu there was saying, we our premise is Lord Chaitanya and his associates, how they their sadachar, how they move that mm. culture. So I thought it's nice to see how the six Goswamis they are Babaji, they were in Babaji Vesh, Ragmarg, and at the same time um, counting, you know, in the Sadhguru counting their rounds, mm -hmm. you know, observing, you know, rules and regulations. So I thought that blend is important so that it's not that, oh, now I'm above um, the Vedic rules and rituals, so anything kind of goes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're no longer limiting, we're, not, we're no longer limited to just the, the Niyamagraha aspect of Vedic rituals. However, in a very substantial, uh, conscientious way, we observe, mm. yeah, as you were saying, like, you know, if we, if we one day we don't chant our rounds, it's not because we're absorbed in like, you know, Krishna Lila, Smarna, like God, we were so absorbed that just to chant or yeah. or if we uh, you know Gayatri or if we don't read or whatever, it's because our of our of our neglect. Mm. Whereas these personalities, when it's out of neglect, it's because they act they're actually absorbed. Yeah. So the six Goswami showed us they are absorbed and side by side they were so attentive to the details mm. of Vaidhi Sadhana. Yeah. Just to set the example. Yeah, and I was thinking too that um, Prabhupada was also mentioning on the on the altar this morning about how the higher, but because they're having a deeper and more profound experience doing those same practices, 
right? When they're, when they're chanting their rounds, when they're paying obeisances, um, it's, it's flipped, it's good. I'm, I'm just flipping it on the screen, so you're good. Um, it's because of a deep taste that they're getting and, and the deep internal relationship that they're actually experiencing with Krishna. So that's why in the line of Mahaprabhu, devotees are, may still practice externally the Vaidhi Bhakti, but actually the Ragmarg is within the heart. It's not some kind of external thing, right? So yeah, thank you. Jagannanda Prabhu. That the six Goswamis are eternal servants of the Lord. Yeah, that's another good point. Also, I think it's, a, it's in our tradition that the more advanced you are, the least advanced you think you are. Mm. You just is you just keep every all the Vaidhi regulations as a protection because you think, no, I'm not advanced. I'm not Krishna conscious. Yeah, yeah, you're. you're Love for Krishna is such a cherished treasure, you're not going to risk getting rid of it for anything. And so you're taking all precautions. It's like you become like the spiritual bubble boy. You're just like, I don't care. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it safe. You know? Yeah. Six Goswamis weren't dressing up like the gopis. They were just in their Vesha Paramahamsas. Although they are actually are. <laughs> yeah, totally. So it's 9.01. Is there any last points? Mother Nidra? Thanks, Prabhu. I was thinking of how Srila uh, Prabhupada is such a great example of, um, you know, he's totally transcendental. Didn't have anything. Um, in terms of uh, rules and regulations, but he um, came to show it and to teach it and to propagate it and to, um, in his in his books, to show all the different categories mm. and to show that the um, when the jiva soul is um, fully uh, conscious of his constitutional position then um, he's fully transcendental to everything. Um, it, in other words, he shows that uh, unless one has that love of Krishna, then there's always um, that possibility of not being fully transcendental. And mm. um, Maharaj Bhart is an example of that. Mm. And so basically just to show us how to become full lovers of of the Lord, that that's the only way that you fully transcend is when you're uh, fully situated in your constitutional position, uh, who you are, and uh, you have that uh, love for Radha and Govinda, then you are transcendental, but at the same time, you act as your guru is told you to act according to rules and regulations. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the, the profound potency of bhakti and, uh, and how it, it, it actually awards one true freedom when followed and when, when engaged in diligently and with 
and deliberately. So, thank you very much, Grantaraj Sriman Bhagavatam. Ki, Srila Prabhupada Ki. Thank you for everyone watching on Facebook. Sorry about the broadcast interruptions. Hare Krishna.